At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, and I'm Mark. And uh, joining us today are James. Hello. Jimothy. Yes, Jimothy as the layman know him. Mm. Uh, and also Rio. Or Demetrio. Hey. As the layman also know. <laughs> De- hey, Sorry, uh, my phone is not on silent. There we go. I, I always scream at everyone else to put theirs on silent, mm-hmm. but this time I was the... You, how the turntables have tabled. The turning, the turning of the tide. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to Lorehammer. Today's Ooh. episode is episode 83, and it's going to be all about Phoenix Lords. Oh, it's going to be so good. I love it. I sound sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I know you're being genuine. I'm super genuine. <laughs> Even know. that sounds sarcastic. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> okay, a little, a little aside. Um, Peter, who has been on our show many times before, but hasn't been on in a long time, uh, I know him for a very long time, and I literally, if I'm being genuine with him, I have to like type, this is genuine, <laughs> because I we just uh-huh. only speak in sarcasm to each other. Yep. So we're like, oh, did you get this like book for Christmas? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm being serious. I actually really liked it. I chapter the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. But that's, that's... Welcome to our generation. We only know how to communicate through sarcasm. Yeah, you want to bottle true emotions and stuff that can hurt you deep down. Well, yeah, because yeah. then you can't be hurt. Exactly. And that's what you want. So we're going to teach you how not to get hurt today. Today's our four-step plan <laughs> on how to become an emotional shell of your former self. Mm, <laughs> what's step one? Uh, invest into Warhammer. That's right. First of uh, all, you want to basically be a recluse. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, James, you're much closer to the end than you think. I, just, I might have done it. I might have done like a cycle. I might be on round two. Um, well, before we actually get into the episode itself, there's a couple things we want to uh, highlight. First of all, if you're listening to us, you're on Spotify, which is awesome. But uh, if you don't know, you can follow Lorehammer, the podcast on Spotify itself, and then you'll get automatic updates yeah. when it comes time to a new episode. Yeah, which is nice because like we have a super sporadic schedule, so it's like bi-weekly. It's yeah, hard to keep. it's tough sometimes. Yeah, so you yeah. want all the help you can get. Another thing, um, if you don't know, it is possible to download Spotify episodes. Um, I'm not going to explain how to do it because I don't remember how I to do it. I think it's literally just a download error. But yeah, someone was, I saw simple. someone saying like, oh, you can't even download the episodes, but you totally can. <laughs> so. Suck it, yeah. Phil from f- Toronto. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> the, it's a Phil with three PHs. <laughs> Phil. PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh 
pretty huge dick. <laughs> no, no. Phil with three pHs no. and a pretty huge dick. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, check out a Patreon. Help support the show. Uh, if you want to watch a video version, it's nice. We usually got a little kitten running around. Yeah, in here. we don't have Small Cat today. I, I can but make it happen. No, don't worry about it. We'll make sure we get it next time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just add him in digitally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put yeah. it in post. <laughs> okay. We have great CG team at Lord Yeah. CG team, it's like a cutout that you literally put <laughs> a <laughs> picture of a cat. What I do is I take the video and I put it on a, a computer and then I take my phone and I record that video <laughs> and I take the little cat cutout and I put it in front of the, cat, the laptop. Yeah, That's nice. how we add things in post. Yeah, so if you want to see that, join our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we also sell merch on Redbubble if you're looking for hoodies, t-shirts, whatever. And uh, Yes, yeah. but it is possible that in the future we are going to completely change that. There, yeah. We've been chatting with a couple people and exploring a couple different options. Yeah. So stay tuned for some more merchandising opportunities oh, cool. in the future. Yeah. Do you want things? With, do, do you want lore hammer things? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like dice? Do you like Shirts? <laughs> what about p- pocket knives? Uh, I love blankets. <laughs> is the blanket just a picture of your face? It's, it's my licking face your lips? Like with the mouth open or something. <laughs> People would buy that. I'm, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Only to troll the person they bought it for. It's um, a picture of Eric with a hole in his mouth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and anyway. what, what is that sticking out of it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we have other ways to do it. We have a bunch of uh, social platforms for you to engage with us on. Yeah, check out our Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. I think we're even on there. Do you ever touch that thing? We touch it all yeah, the time. It's I very touch. active, highly active. Go check out Twitter. <laughs> I and love f- touching Twitter. Uh, okay. And it's finally- my third favorite thing to touch. <laughs> what are the first two? <laughs> That's for a different episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, before we start the episode, go check out our Discord. Uh, if you don't know what Discord is, it's like an online chat room, essentially. It's like a, yeah, a voice uh, platform. where Text you platform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a community. What yeah. we what, yeah, But uh, what's really nice is we have weekly events going on there. So we have, um, you know, just people play video games or people just hang out and talk. We had a Christmas party online there. so Lots know. of hobby time where you get yeah. to share what it is you're modeling yeah. and working on. So, it's so go cool. check out our Discord. And uh, also go check out Lorehammer Let's Talk, where you can keep up to date on kind of what's happening on Discord. It's another podcast, so. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. get to meet a lot of the people that are actually a part of our community. And you could even be on that show, too. Whoa. Yeah, wow. Do you, <laughs> Whoa. Do you like podcasts? Whoa. Do you want to be on a podcast? Well, tell me how to. <laughs> First of all, tell your mom to shove it. Oh, already did it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're a podcaster. Wow. You get... Wait, I never did that. I skipped that stuff. Oh. <laughs> well, it also counts if she tells you to shove it. Yeah, so. yeah. Either oh, way. That's very often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Phoenix Lords, are we ready for this awesome episode? It's I am super stoked. a banger. Yes. You're stoked? I'm Me st- too. I'm having a stroke, apparently. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, let's start. Well, there's only one place to... There's only... I forgot how to talk. It is a stroke. <laughs> it's, yeah. Should it's I call 911? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, yeah, so our Patreon members, Ooh. if you see this, is Eric actually having a stroke? <laughs> I don't know. It's not toaster smelling. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. It smells like raspberry jam. Uh... <laughs> okay. okay. 
the first thing we're gonna, (laughs) the first thing we're gonna talk about with Phoenix Lords uh, is the kind of the history or the origins of where the beginnings even. Or the start. Yeah. uh, The shoot Uh, commencement. Damn it. Mm -hmm. Origin. (laughs) No, I said that. Yeah, you're you're out of the game. You're You're out. out. You lose. Fucking idiot. Uh, Yeah, what a loser. Um, Why is he even here? (laughs) So let's start. Okay. So the history. So the Phoenix Lords um, are amongst the most ancient and renowned heroes of the entire Eldar race. Most of the Phoenix Lords are even as old as the fall of the Eldar. So that's at least 10,000 years old. Of running around the galaxy doing things. Being heroes. Being heroes. Yeah. (laughs) And ancient, I guess. (laughs) The very, very first Phoenix Lord was a Surman. And it was he who first walked the path of the warrior, um, whether he created it or, you know, found it, discovered it. I guess that's kind of up to your own interpretation. Mm-hmm. But he was the first warrior. And the path of the warrior tempered the Eldars as warriors to ensure their survival as a race. But it also tempered their minds and offered them an outlet for their rage and anger for those that walked it. Um, there's no real place for anger and rage in other areas of Eldar society yeah. other than on this path. So a very angry person would just have trouble on every other path until they learn to walk with that rage yeah. down this path. And temper it. And except for, except for the angry potters in the, <laughs> that's right. the way of the craftsmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well... You gotta slap it a little hard sometimes <laughs> when you're pottering, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. What Cannon. was I? I was gonna say something real before that. But <laughs> whatever. Happy to derail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Asurmin gathered many great warriors, who he called the Asuria, and each one of these warriors would go on to found their own Aspect Warrior shrines across many different craft worlds. Uh, if you want more info on Aspect Warriors, we can listen to episodes 46 and 47, where we specifically lay out the Eldari Path of the Warrior. Yeah, we talk about every aspect, their techniques, their war gear, all that kind of st- cool stuff. Yes. So these uh, Asuria um, w- became the very, very first Exarchs. Uh, of the Phoenix Lord. And then now, so they're, since they're lost on the path, uh, and they've founded many of their own shrines, and they still have no place to call their own now. Yeah. So they have no home. Yeah, guys. they went out and they founded a bunch of shrines all over different craft worlds and stuff, but they never stayed in one place for long. Even now, they don't stay in one place for long. Yeah. Well, what's long for a for an Eldar that's well, 10,000? For these ones, it's like for a battle. Yeah, and um, then they just show up on the eve of deuces. They yeah. maybe stay around to the shrine for a little bit to like congratulate just everyone. To, you know, check up on the hands. groupies. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you guys remember who the fuck I am? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then they're, peace out. Yeah, exactly. So that's nice for them. Yeah. Uh, so these guys, the Phoenix Lords, they wander from world to world, instinctively driven by driven. war, attracted whoa, by intuitive whoa, whoa. powers to places of great danger and danger. need. During moments of desperation, they appear, sometimes alone, but often several together, depending on the need, uh, depending on the perils faced. So is there like a bat signal going on here? No, they just know the perfect time to strike. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Of course, after all, they were the creators of that, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they taught everyone the perfect time yeah. to strike. Yeah, Wow, this is Sewerman guy. He, he, he really knew. <laughs> And he's apparently really good at teaching it. Cause yeah. He's everyone... not very creative, though, with his names. Like, Suriman isn't his actual name. Then we got their Suriati. Then we got their Suri. And 
So an interesting thing about um, the Asurmin and Asuria and the Suriata <laughs> that you mentioned is Asurmin, um, I think that's his name, was the most powerful of the Eldar gods or yeah. Asuran or something. Yeah, it had a Y in there. They spelled Shoot. a little Asurian? Different. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I know how to spell it. Asurian. Okay, yeah. his name is, is was Asurian. Anyways, yeah. so Asurman took that name because he wanted to be the hand of Asurian. Yeah. And so then he made his Asuria. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's more of a fighter than a thinker, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank goodness he's a fighter because, goddamn, he is a good one. Um, and that's kind of like a very simplistic history of it there's actually not a lot that is written about the founding of the phoenix lords yeah. himself especially because it would have happened around m 26 to 30 at some point yeah. in there anytime after the fall of the eldar um to probably m 30 which is when the great crusade happens because yeah. then we have examples of aspect warriors so yeah and even some of these characters even older than that um yeah they're it, crazy so it, this guy's still around then Yep. Oh, wow. There's yeah. a there's a very cool reason as to why they are still around, which we will get into actually okay. I think very soon. Yeah. Um in fact, Rio, would you like to read the next? Oh, uh, you know what? I missed one more point. Okay, okay. Uh Eldar legend says that in the final battle against Chaos, all the Phoenix Lords will gather together and appear to defend the Eldar race. Dun, 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 Does it say dun, who will dun, win? Dun, 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 dun. No. <laughs> uh, we do know that in well we'll get to the legend later we have a whole big thing on mm-hmm. the legend of, of Asuaman <laughs> sorry <laughs> the legend of Asman build me an army worthy of Alatok <laughs> yes that's nice <laughs> okay uh, so next we're gonna talk about some of the more generic powers and abilities that the Phoenix Lords have yeah so the Phoenix are great warriors, each one focusing on a specific aspect of the elder god of war, Cain. And some may rely on brute strength and others cunning, but all of them walk the same path, the path of the warrior. And being as ancient as the Phoenix Lords are... Sorry, your mic was not in the right place. Oh, that's okay. My bad. So being as ancient as the Phoenix Lords are, uh, it has many benefits. There are few war zones in the galaxy that will catch them off guard, having themselves seen thousands of battles in their time. Master tacticians, martial masters, and leaders beyond comparison, the Phoenix Lords are truly a force to be reckoned with, and even one can turn the tide of a war zone. Oh, sorry. Even one can turn the tide of a war zone. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of crazy. Just not only are they a massive symbol of hope and... Um, like victory in the sky or however they appear. They're yeah. also just amazing warriors. Yeah. Like they're quicker than anything. They can think faster than you. Um, like really, man, if they ever did, like some people want Primarchs equivalents for everyone, these would be the Eldar Primarchs. Like they're, oh, absolutely. they're that level of good. Yes. And But are they taller? No, unfortunately. Well, they, it depends on the size of the oh, hat that oh, they big choose cone. to wear That's at big the time. Big cones, iconic. Cone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and they're essentially immortal. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. So when a phoenix lord is slain in battle, his place is taken by another Eldar who assumes his costume and identity. 
A Phoenix Lord's essence will lie dormant inside their armor until it is donned by another Eldar warrior whose soul resonates. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the armor has to kind of accept the person? Yes, it can't just be anyone. Yeah. Okay. You get in, you'll start vibrating. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the out. same frequency. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> so should they prove worthy enough to combine souls, the Phoenix Lord will be reborn in a new body. In this way, the Phoenix Lord is reborn into a fresh cycle of existence. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and like uh, they'll even like take over their host's body, like completely, like um, they start to look like their original self yes, and stuff. It, no matter what body goes in to yeah. that armor, like when the next time they like show their face, it's the original oh, person. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and so they. It's very, very cool, but there's a scene um, in one of the books, The Path of the Warrior, I think. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's Path of the Warrior. Um, I read all three together, so sometimes I get a little confused about what's in what. But uh, there is a Phoenix Lord that gets slain, and it's said that there's just blackness leaking out of uh, the armor, and it's like a void. Like, it's blacker than anything you've ever like seen and it just draws like energy and light into it and then it just like overtook this one guy Oof. and then he ended up being acceptable and acceptable you know replacement and then just you know th- that person's identity gets joined into Wait, so the... it like sucked him in well he had to like put it on oh i see but I see. he like i don't think it was very willing on his part <laughs> it kind of felt like a compel oh, okay okay to it because the phoenix lord wants to live like their desire for life just burns like it's one of the things that just keeps them alive is just the strength of their own will wow. these are like true heroes and like ancient yeah. ancient people it's very cool yeah that's crazy yeah so his suit includes a spirit stone which contains the spirits of uh, of all the Eldar who have become that Phoenix Lord. Okay, so it kind of merges all, all the people. It's Exactly, kind of, yeah. yeah. You you get placed into this uh, spirit stone yeah. as well. Crazy. Which is cool because then, like, you once again have all your ancestors or all your, well, in this case, it would just be random The, the people. previous incarnation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You have all their experience who they themselves are probably great heroes who spent decades tracking down your armor in the first place. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So no matter how many different individuals a Phoenix Lord may have been, his mind is forever the same, driven by the dormant personality of the first and greatest warrior to wear the suit. Yeah, so it's always, even though you're joined into the suit, like you are, you become the Phoenix Lord and the Phoenix Lord is the presence in the suit. So you're definitely like ascending to something greater than a regular Eldar. You you can't. I don't think you can exist with that many people for that long and not be changed. Hmm. But it's very cool that like that one original identity is yeah. still like the driving force. I wonder how how uh, willful of a guy would have to like if another Phoenix Lord put on another Phoenix Lord's armor. Do not like, tempt the Phoenix <laughs> Lord. Like, do not do it. Like I wonder if there's ever going to be a power or a strong enough willed person to ever like take over. Who knows? Probably not. I'm going to write a story. Yeah. It's an interesting it. thought, though. A Phoenix Lord, Phoenix Lord. <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> we heard you liked Phoenix Lords. <laughs> but yeah, it, they Stack truly em. are immortal. And 
I think there's something about how their armor actually like repairs over time. So it's actually next to impossible to actually kill these things. Um, and this armor can lie dormant for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And then as long as someone who is acceptable puts on that armor, it will awaken and the new Phoenix Lord will, will come back. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. There, I really like the whole... Uh, idea with the Eldar that if they need something, it will appear for them. Mm. Um, almost like they're striking some kind of balance in like the universe, or, or definitely like within their craft world as a whole. But in the Path of the Warrior, there's a story yeah. of this guy who uh, he was part of this striking scorpion shrine, and he just felt like he didn't belong there anymore. So he just wandered through the craft world until he just randomly out of nowhere found this brand new shrine for himself oh. and in there was just exarch armor that was waiting for him to put on okay. and then as soon as he became an exarch students started like coming and filtering <laughs> in and it's just the idea that yeah. there is something in the eldar race that if you need it it will happen sure, sure. if you so build it they, they will come right, yeah <laughs> sure. but I, I like to think that you can kind of put that into all Eldar aspects. So maybe like a Phoenix Lord's armor disappears for 8,000 years, but there's a crucial moment where it like needed to be. And for that moment, like yeah. it's been slowly working its way across the <laughs> galaxy until it finally gets to that place. Yeah. The perfect time to strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how you worked yeah. it in. But I, I really like that, that theme that kind of runs through Eldar. It lends like a mysticism to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is someone's phone ringing? I'm humming. Oh. Sorry. It's all good. It was on silent. I'm I sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, what's this buzz? Is this computer going to explode? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to shield my face. <laughs> <laughs> all right. To understand the ideology of the Phoenix Lords, one must first understand the fall of the Eldar and the god of war. Cain. Kayla Mencha Cain. Cain! <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. We have talked many times about the fall, and I say we, I mean you guys. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Lorehammer. Yeah, yeah, we as Lorehammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh the my royal god. We, of course. <laughs> the royal we. James yeah. is Lorehammer. I am Lorehammer <laughs> now. Don't um, tell Christian. He'll be pissed. <laughs> he thinks it's him. <laughs> uh, that's, that's Christian is me. <laughs> oh, we god. are one. Oh. I told get out of here. <laughs> I said, Christian, get out. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, uh, we talked many times about the fall. And its effects on the Eldar civilization, probably the most profound of these changes, was the creation of the path system. The path system allows each Eldar to live with restrictions while allowing them to experience the galaxy and life. Uh, refer back to episode 34 mm-hmm. if you want to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk a lot about, Would you like to know about more? all the different paths. Yeah. So we talk- How you join a path, how you leave a path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is a path? How many paths are there? I think we talked about dirt paths. I think I we was on that one. We did and trails. <laughs> so, so, Branches even. So I yes. was right to put we then. I was <laughs> Perfect. So the other place that the Phoenix Lords draw their beliefs from is the elder god of war, Kela Mensha, Cain. The bloody-handed. Uh, the warrior aspects followed by the Eldar aspect warriors embody the different aspects or facets of Cain. Uh, each aspect warrior type closely follows a particular aspect through long training and dedication, and each fulfills a distinctive role in combat. Yeah, as many ways as there are to wage war, there are that many aspects yeah. um, for Eldar. Yeah. So. And, and 
I think we talked about it before how you could technically have an infinite number of aspects. Yeah, exactly. Because right? it all just comes down to how do you want to worship Cain, or maybe worship's the wrong word, but you could even be embody. like, how do you want to embody Cain? Yeah. You yeah. could even have the aspect of tap dancing to distract your opponent and then throwing uh, like sand in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be an aspect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. It's yeah. a more controversial one. But. <laughs> I'll allow it, though. I'll allow it. Yep. If it's Mark canon. allows it, it's, it's canon. Allowed. Yeah. So. I've had dirt thrown in my arm, eyes before. It's in your arm? <laughs> in my arm. In no! Everywhere. I've been covered in dirt. My arm! <laughs> it was an act of war, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so I murdered them. Yeah. <laughs> Their body is buried in the backyard. Under yeah. that dirt they threw on me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's full circle. Anyway, um, since the Phoenix Lords were the creators of the shrines and their aspect warriors, the beliefs held by each individual lord may vary, but all ultimately of them are warriors. Each one lost on the path for thousands of years, never able to leave it. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom. If you thought Exarchs were lost on the path, these guys are like uber <laughs> lost on the path. They're lost and they like it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They find no more pleasure than being lost on the path. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm always curious. Like, uh, I wonder if these Phoenix Lords, when they created the shrines, if they adopted an aspect that was, like, dear to them. Like, I wonder. Or if, like, Cain had any saying kind of. I, I think it was more of, like, I, I like to see that it comes from meditation yeah. and, like, how they choose to, like, how they feel about it. Because, um, also maybe your physical limitations. Um, you know, if you are a small scrawny Eldar, but you want to be the beefiest guy out there, well, you just, there's just some physical limitations you might not be able to surpass. Right. So you have to find a way that you can like perform your warfare, uh, that's like suitable for you. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I can't imagine Kane actually being too involved because no. he's not like no. he doesn't he, really care i don't think yeah he's also just not like in one piece anymore um, yeah. right so yeah. he's kind of just a um, fragment i wonder if like a sermon had any influence or sway like ah we need these guys you know that one i wouldn't be surprised mm. that i wouldn't be surprised if he sees one of his students and he's like wow you're particularly uh graceful so why don't you try this actually yeah that that would exactly be it yeah he's the he's, master yeah. and they're the student yeah. right so um a good master knows his students inside uh, and out yes as oh. sun tzu said <laughs> yeah and know sun your student <laughs> inside <laughs> and out <laughs> That's don't a, like that. Don't like that. <laughs> That's a Catholic catechism. Isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> since the uh, since the Phoenix Lords were cur- the creators of the shrines, we read that one, right? Cool. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's that's it for like their kind of yeah. follows their ideology. We yeah. are going to talk about the individual Phoenix Lords themselves. Yeah, and then more will be understood. Absolutely, all will be revealed shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the Phoenix Lords, um, they're kind of interesting because since they're so old. Um, and rare. And rare. And yeah, you don't see them often. Might be thousands of years between sightings of one. Um, they sometimes seem to fall under like the mythology category. Like, is this story actually true or is it fact? Like, did they actually fly into the sun and tame a dragon or is that just a myth? It's right. hard to say. Yes. There's a really weird gray area when it comes to these guys 
um, and a lot of Eldar folklore. I mean, we've talked about their pantheon earlier. Like, did Kayla, did Cain actually fight the Nightbringer? Like, yeah. is that, did that happen? And so hmm. one of the things to maybe keep in your mind as you're listening to this episode is that this might just be a story. Yeah. It might be myth. It might be legend. Um, but it also might be true. And yeah. I think that one of the best ways to do it is understand that in almost every legend, even like ours, like they grow and they embellish and change. Um, and we change things to make people seem more heroic and to make them seem more badass. And, yeah. to, and for them to, you know, they said this, but that's not really what a hero would say. So here's what they actually said. Yeah, because if you look at the facts, like, if they're such badasses, why do they keep dying? Right, exactly. Yeah. And if they're so amazing, how could they ever lose? Yeah. Right, you know? And when you start, especially Malgan Ra, when we get to him, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. like, how has he not been excommunicated <laughs> from Eldar society as a whole for doing what he did? Yeah. So understand that um, it might be real, it might be false. There's also a lot of weird time inconsistencies that you might be like, hey, that's bullshit what you said. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it will just chalk it up to the fact that they're very old and it's very hard to yeah. pinpoint exact time frames. Yeah. We do know that the Phoenix Lords exist. They like, are that, real people. They are real, yeah. but what they've done, hard to say. Their origins, yeah. like who's to say, like did they make up their origins? Or did say. they spread it around? Is someone else Sneaky actually Elder there? would do something like that, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Sneaky <laughs> little. Yeah. Conniving. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so <laughs> just keep in mind that this is like uh, there's myth in yeah. this as we go over it. Yeah, cool. So let's start with uh, the first of the Phoenix Lords, uh, Asuriman, the Hand of Asuran, Asurian, Asurian, yeah. and the founder of the Dire Avengers. So Asuriman is said to have been the first Eldar Phoenix Lord. Slide, slide, slide. Oh, there he is. Oh! Uh, he was the founder of the Path of the Warrior, and he created the same shrine on Aser, uh, a planet that he also named. So we got another one into the mix here. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's yeah. another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he created the Tire Avenger shrine there, which was to grow to the most widespread of all the aspects. And you totally see that, too, represented. That yeah. Every single craft world has Dire Avengers. Yeah. It's impossible to not have them. Huh. It looks sweet. I love yeah. that yin yang look he's yeah, got going yeah. for him. Gotta say, it, it's mm. kind of cool because it makes me think that there's like, ooh, he's been doing it for you know who knows how many millions of years that he likes yin yang. So, <laughs> where did the humans learn it from? Ancient aliens. <laughs> Ancient alien theorists believe that Asurian traveled to Earth in the late 800 BC era. Looking for pupils to train in the art of war. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's I, it. See, know, mythology. That's mythology. what we're talking yeah. about. I, I know this is slightly off topic, but it, every time I see art of Eldar, it makes me think, oh, man, I wish there were new Eldar models because the art looks so cool. The art's so Like, good. look at how badass that guy on the right looks. I know for Absolutely. all you listening or... Just imagine something cool, but like, <laughs> or pay two bucks and yeah. watch our stream. But yeah. like the the model is a little bit less great. <laughs> they could use an update. But I don't know. They're, some of that, some of their models are so great, or like their art yeah. is so great. <sighs> Looks super cool. I love it. Okay, before the fall of the Elder, a Serman lived a common and boring life on the Crone world of Edaferion. Skeptical of the prophecies of doom being spread about the fall of the Eldar, 
that is until the doom of the race finally occurred. Right, yeah. yeah. And there was some I don't sh- believe. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince. Oh, oh. shit. Uh, apparently like that's what Americans are feeling right now. <laughs> There's nothing. Oh my god. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there was something with his brother too. Uh, someone tried to convince him to actually go be an exodite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his uh Oh, sorry. Did I yeah. skip ahead? Yeah, yeah. It's fine, though. Skeptical of the prophecies of doom being spread about the fall of the Eldar, that is until uh, the doom of the race finally occurred. At the birth of Slanish, Asurman's planet was invaded by demons. Many Eldar were killed and devoured that day, including his brother, who had become possessed. But yeah, his brother did try to convince him to become possessed. Yeah, his brother saw the signs even earlier than Asurman. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, But not enough to protect them from demon possession. Um, And sadly, actually, Asurman had to kill his own brother. Yeah, that's pretty tragic, actually. That is crazy. Um, Something to note as well is that this crone world, um, that should tell you that it was in the Eye of Terror. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it is a miracle, first off, that he survived the pull of Slaanesh for all the Eldar souls that are in there. It just shows how strong will of a soul is. Especially if he was skeptical of it happening. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Like that would, you'd think that if you didn't think something was going to happen, you wouldn't be prepared for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. No, he, yeah. he, yeah. When I look at that, I see maybe, yeah, he led like a boring life, but yeah, it was, he was still a very like strong willed person. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, for years, a sermon defended himself against demons, learning the art of war along the way. Oh, that's what happens when you're in the eye of terror. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Days sometimes feel like an eternity too in the warp. So it's all just, it's, it's a good time. It's to a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Saruman survived this experience after finding shelter in an elder god shrine. Their presence was enough to keep the, the demons at bay. So, you know, he'd hang out there and then he'd have to go post-apocalypse scavenge around for a can of beans and then make his way back to the shrine. What do you think Eldar beans? Like, do you think they had cans of food? They probably have cones on the end. Of the <laughs> little cones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little beans? Cones. Yeah. 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 Well, that like... way you can take the cone, flip it, you can pour your beans into the cone, and then you can drink your beans. <laughs> Bean soup. <laughs> Eldar bean soup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he lived alone at the temple for several years, contemplating suicide. And he might have done it too if it wasn't for that one surviving Eldar child. So let's jump to Jane Zar. Mm. Her tale begins with her early abandonment on the steps of Kurnesi? The Kurnesi? Kurnesi? Uh, it, which is presumably, presumably an Eldar gladiatorial school. And that's pre-fall, yeah. so those are probably pretty fucked up gladiator schools. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably are. <laughs> Did the gladiatorial yeah. witch cults get better or worse? Uh... <laughs> they stayed the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was called Ferraethel uh, at this time and spent her childhood as a blood dancer, killing for entertainment of her master on the crone world of Ediferion. So the same planet as Asuriman. Mm-hmm. When the fall of the Eldar began, almost everyone on the planet died. And after that, it was a war for survival for the manifesting demons or the old Eldari inhabitants. Ferethiel eventually found another survivor that didn't attempt to kill her outright. Instead, she had hit, had to stop him from killing himself. So that's Asuriman. She, you know, she's been surviving as a, an orphan scavenger, really, yeah. this whole time. And then she meets this guy and he's like, life is pointless. I must die. And she stops him. Yeah. And then he gets wounded and she has to hold his hand and then they have a moment and he doesn't want to die anymore. Wasn't that, what's that line from Inception? An old man filled with regret. 
That's him. I haven't <laughs> seen that movie in a long time. That might be the first time Eric's never not known a quote. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I'm melting. I'm so glad it's recorded. I'm, <laughs> I'm dying. It was in my life contract. I had to know. <laughs> a sermon would go on to take Jane Zar as his student and leave the planet with her and some other like-minded individual, Eldar. Together, they would travel to the newly la- named planet Aserimon, which was like a desert wasteland planet. Yeah, and it's a moon, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's no moon. It's a sewer. <laughs> a sewer. Did you get that reference? What? The moon? Oh, my God. He's, <laughs> He's broken. <laughs> I've smashed it forever. Um, on Asur, Asurimon would establish the Asuria. <laughs> Where they would write the Asuriata and worship Asuria. (laughs) (laughs) A warrior order of Eldar emerging after the fall. That's the Asuria. Um, Known as the children of Asur. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. Learning from their master, mental discipline, uh, and the ways of the path of the warrior. Notable Asuriata included Janezar, Barahoth, Fugin and Arya, who all went on to become Phoenix Lords. There's a couple others too, but for some the, reason, these might be the ones that he initially found. Sure. But it, at some point, he did train all the Phoenix Lords. Yeah. Hmm. So forgive my ignorance, but that's the one that just had a model recently, right? Jane's Zar. Jane Zar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I always when that model came out, for some reason, I completely blanked on the fact that she was a Phoenix Lord. Hmm. For some reason, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is like a powerful exarch. But no, she's like. Very powerful. Yeah. And, yeah. That's cool. Knowing knowing her background actually makes that come alive a little bit more. Yeah, she cause... was a gladiator from a child. She yeah. had to murder for the entertainment of thousands of people from a very young age. And Is she probably like the second strongest Phoenix Lord? Um, I don't it's kinda hard to judge the power level mm. of them, but maybe like second in command? It's over yeah. nine thousand either way. Yeah. Mm. Has to be. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, but even if you look at her model real quick, like it looks very witch cult esque. Oh yes, like even yes. that weapon and stuff. The Triskelly, yeah. yeah, that is pretty cool though. But no spoilers. Suriman has traveled to more craft worlds than any other Phoenix Lord, teaching those Eldar who wanted to learn, and has founded many more shrines other than, or many more shrines than any other Phoenix Lord. Yeah, so along the way, uh, he would have met like uh, Ithilien, um and a couple other yeah. ones. Andros maybe Malgan Raw. Malgan Raw, yeah. He should have been with them on mm. Asur. Um, they constantly talk about Baharoth and Malgan Raw being mm. related, uh, kind of like metaphorically. Like one is Baharoth the sun and Malgan Raw's the moon, um, and they're like brothers. So it, m- it definitely makes more sense to me that he would be there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so soon after the inception of the Aspect Shrines, the Hand of Asurion vanished, but the tales of his deeds continued to be reported. Uh, he would make appearances throughout 10,000 years on and off, um, but his latest appearance actually is uh, under the command of Jane Zar now, uh, who has now pledged herself to Yanid, oh, yeah, which is the Eldar God of Death. And that last appearance, uh, it was in the Webway, and they were there was a big battle between a bunch of the Yanari and Thousand Sons and some uh, demons. Yeah. And so Asurman was seen there with Jane Zar. So, yeah. And that's very, very recent yeah. uh, lore. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. So so that's kind of a sermon. He was the leader. He taught all the other Phoenix Lords. He was the one who got them together. He was the one who really created the path of the warrior. He's he's the first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first in everything. First yeah. warrior. First Phoenix Lord. First aspect warrior. First Exarch. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty awesome. I really wish he had a better model. It does, uh, it does not seen, do him justice. I've seen people take the uh, one uh, bodyguard of Yanid. Uh, okay. And turn him into that Assyrian. Bodyguard? Of yeah. Yanid. Okay. I'll, I'll, it's I'll not the Yincarn, is it? No. That, okay. Yeah. Find it for me. But yeah, I, I'm not like upset at their choice to choose Jane Czar, but I, I am. A, I was a little surprised when I found out that she was a Phoenix Lord. And I was like, oh, like you did her, and you you wouldn't do a Surman. Oh my god! It just looks so much more menacing. Yeah, I love that blade. I love the helmet. I love the Eldar wings on the back. Oh mm. my god! I'm creaming over here. <laughs> okay. I'll get my spare pants. The Vizark. That's who we're talking Ooh. about. Well, that is pretty badass. Yeah, yeah that's like pretty the cool. little knee pad with the. Ooh. Oh, so yeah, good! So I've all seen the people stones like that's, over. that's even the sound that I think that little piece. Is <laughs> yeah. <like>. Ooh. <laughs> 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 it has the most important job. It's protecting the important parts of uh oh, of there. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm taking Aram- that mouse. Asman? <laughs> Asman. Uh, very, very cool. I like Asurman. Yeah. Jane Zar is up next. Okay, Jane Zar. So we definitely heard her backstory. She was the orphan child. Yeah. Uh who saved Asurman. And then Asurman later got to save her and show her the path of the warrior. Yeah. So it's all well, that ends well, right? Yeah. So, but for the last, uh, so she's called the Storm of Silence, and she Ooh. is the founder of the Howling Banshees, um, which we've talked about before under our Aspect Warrior episode. But Jane Zar, for the past 10,000 years, has prolifically traveled the galaxy, and she has established her shrines in as many places as possible. She is the most devoted to her shrines, and her warriors fervently watch for her arrival. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they really, like, desperately wait to see her. Yeah. So Asurman might have the most shrines, but I think that of all of them, these guys are the most excited when Jane shows up, Jane Zar. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Hers is the second most numerous shrine of all the Phoenix Lords. Uh, only the most remote of places are missing her presence. But she, she gets around, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, she, she's a modern woman of the 41st <laughs> millennium. She didn't give a shit. Honestly, that that model is super cool. I if yeah. is it available to just because I'd want that. Yeah, model. you can just buy it. You can just buy her. Can you? Or, can you or not? Can you only get it in the Phoenix Lord box thing? I don't know. They sure. I bet you can find it. Sure. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah. I a, like it. She's they've, cool. They've got this weird thing recently of like very dynamic poses yeah. and massive hair. <laughs> yeah, the That's, massive hair. I, I yeah. like the massive hair. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, it looks very 80s. Mm. She's like a she's like a rock, a, a rock star. She's like a yeah, sure. <laughs> what were you thinking? I I was. I was just there's a word for it that I was not getting. Grocery man? That's the one. <laughs> Nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's like, I would love to see this applied to all the oh, other aspect warriors. Like they would get some amazing <laughs> models. Yeah. Um, check out Artel W. I'll have to show you. It. Well, somebody else can read and I'll find some miniatures well, for okay. you here. I know Artel W's Phoenix. Uh, not their, their, I know their Eldar line. Um, anyways, so in Jane Zar's most recent history... Um, she's become an ardent champion of Inead and the Inari. 
So the reason for this most likely revolves around her resurrection with the help of Inead and not requiring a sacrificial host body. Maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's actually really weird if you try and, and read kind of the description of, of how she joined Inead. Um, Drazhar, it was this big thing with Drazhar where he killed her and he <laughs> took her army to this area of Kamora called Aelendrak. Yeah. Which is like the half shadow dimension. It's where the Mandrakes live and it's like doesn't follow the rules of our reality. Yeah. And so he was like, if I leave her armor here, no one will be able to resurrect her. Um, and then Inead is the one that actually resurrected her through this thing. But it's like in one place it says she didn't need a body and in another <laughs> place it says she did need the body. So I'm not exactly certain if Inead actually did anything. <laughs> Was it just... Phoenix Lords are known to resurrect. Yeah, you know, they just resurrect gimmick. always. Yeah. So <laughs> almost like that was written in the last couple years and you know it's just bad lore. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. They would conf- never. <laughs> weird confusing. Yeah, it's I th- I think we they could have done some better stuff on that. Um but for whatever reason, she really like she is the almost the champion of of Inead at this point, you know, if it wasn't for Evrain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's really pushing for all the Eldar to fall under the banner. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see as, as you uh, all should. Uh-huh. You know what? I I don't mind that. I am waiting for the day when all Eldar are just under the Inari, and they're just in one book, and you just have set like Camorites, you have Craft Worlds, you have Exodites, you know, all that stuff. Anyways, uh, so she'll now come to the aid of the Inari whenever possible. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, that's Jane Czar. That's what Zarr. she's doing. She's uh, she's cool. She's got a cool backstory. I really like uh, mm-hmm. her just fighting in the pits. As a child. Oh, it I like sounds her. horrific. Yeah, but it sounds very much pre-fall Eldar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love how you can just see it just translate into her miniature and her shrine. So mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Like the the horror almost of her like mask yeah, that she wears yeah. so but, and her, then like a graceful pose and if you see all the howling banshees they're all in like really graceful poses like witches and mm. her mask is the very first one ever made because they have like a psychic scream yeah um and all other masks are a pale imitation apparently of this mask oh. apparently it's very very powerful um but i believe that a lot of that comes to herself yeah. If you look at the artwork, I'm just noticing right now, yeah. above her head, that looks like a skull that's screaming and that entire negative space is just a mouth. Right? You like oh, put your mouth that, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. like the face up yeah. there and that whole thing is just a mouth screaming. Yeah, that does look like that, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> but it doesn't Weird. look like that on the model Weird. at all. No, she t- oh. she turned it down, you know. She you're not she's not 14,000 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's she's, she's growing up, bit. okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the next we have Baharoth. Okay. So Baharoth, he is the cry of the wind, founder of the swooping hawks. Baharoth is the brother of Magan Ra and was said to be the finest student that Esserman had. He was the pinnacle of speed and grace and moved with the force of a hurricane. Baharoth harbors much hatred for chaos, largely due to the destruction of his home craft world. Uh, Anian, Anian, by a massive chaos invasion. During his travels to the craft worlds, he founded the Shrine of the Swooping Hawk 
and he took his name from the wild hunting birds of Eldar mythology, where a murdered Eldar soul would inhabit the body of a hawk and fly and hover above the murderer as a mark of guilt. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's so crazy. Okay, so there's something really weird about this. Um, now, we've never talked about it before, but I came across it as I was doing research for this, Yeah. and it's the path of rebirth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently... When the fall happened, their path of rebirth was blocked forever. Hmm. And they, I never really found anything about it other than that. But, you know, when you start to think about the path of rebirth, like what that means and everything. So, um, And then I came across this separately. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what if, like, these murdered Eldar actually are inhabiting these, like, birds yeah. and actually marking out their, like, their victim and pointing the finger and being like, this is the guy that <laughs> murdered me. Yeah. That would be so cool. I yeah. love that. That makes sense. Yeah. That, like now it doesn't happen anymore. That's why it's fallen into mythology. Exactly. It's legend because it you can't rebirth. You can't yeah. do a rebirth anymore. Right. You're stuck in the infinity circuit. But when he was around, exactly. It would have been a thing. Yes. Yeah. So he's like taking that thing that has been lost and, and anymore. And yeah. now he's like, I will be mm, the vengeance yeah. for all the Eldar that have been murdered. And yeah, I, I like Baharoth. I really, really like. I like the, the aspect idea. too that you could almost think of it as like he's almost out of touch. Like he's, he's using, stuck in the past. yeah, he has like this idea. He has these like metaphors and ideas that are so, they're like 10,000 years old. <laughs> so no one gets it, but he just keeps <laughs> doing it because he's still the same guy. And not even as a joke, but like, yeah, like no. legitimately, he's just, he's in this head headspace yeah. that's so different a, from where everyone else a is. A lot of the Phoenix Lords are, they're operating on a wavelength that just isn't seen or accepted or understood by any of the other Eldar. It, it helps that they're 10,000 years yeah. old. But with, with other hundreds of souls living in them as exactly, well. Exactly, all those different experiences. And I do think that comes back to their ascension, the fact that you cannot be them and be the same. Yeah. Um, but they do live very differently. And I like that idea that he is, you know, that aspect of, like, judgment and vengeance. Yeah. So All I know is... Birds are no system of, oh, of government. <laughs> no, of judicial. Yeah, judicial review. Yeah, judicial... it's no way to do it. Yeah. Well, unless you're a swooping hawk. <laughs> All right. So, Baharoth wields the shining blade, which, according to Eldar legends, was forged by the daughters of Val in the heart of a dying supernova. <laughs> yes. Crazy. The main armament remains uh, the swooping hawk wings, a specialized Eldar jump pack with anti-gravity lifters and a jet propulsion system. And built-in colorful feathers. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Apparently they vibrate. Yeah. And then they also do like a whistle <laughs> or a shriek when they dive. So it sounds like a hawk's like piercing cry as it dives <laughs> yes. on you. So. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> the last thing you ever heard was... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so Baharoth was last seen under the command of Jane Zar, defending the Yanari from the Thousand Suns and demons in the webway. Though he vanished during that battle. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. His model is also 10 out of 10. <laughs> Possibly a little bit better than Jane's ours, but... But I, the artwork think, looks I, amazing. Wait, are you saying it's better than Jane's ours? Yeah, obviously. Get out of here, <laughs> he is. Insane man. 
That's a good model right it's there. It's better I don't than know a Sorman and his crappy banner. <laughs> his banner makes is so weird to me, but well, it's weird because every like it seems like that's just an old 40k thing. The mm-hmm. banners, everyone had banners on their backpacks. Yeah, banners yeah. just look so much better these days than that like flat piece. Of... <laughs> it just looks like he has a sheet of metal behind him. But yeah, no, this, I like this guy. I like the wings. I like his helmet. I oh, like yeah. the color. I love that yeah, the blue. color. The color is nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't see it too often. No. Very cool. Very no, cool. I'm kidding. Chainsaw is better, obviously. The model is much, much better. You're being very facetious today. A little bit. (laughs) Fascistic. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) No, just kidding. Uh, All right, Fuegan. Fuegan. Fuegan, the burning. Fugan. Well. (laughs) Or Fuegan. You know, you do you. I'm preferring Fuegan because look at him. Okay. And then He looks like Terra do Fuego. Uh, Fuego. (laughs) Something about fire, right? Yeah, probably. And there's another version of him. Artel W makes some sick miniatures. Well, it's yeah, He's just killing they, a demon there. They've updated Ooh. like a lot of the Eldar stuff, and yeah. like I'm sure if Games Workshop did it, it would be better than it currently is. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very low bar. Be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so Fuegan, as I'm going to call him, uh, <laughs> like the other Phoenix Lords, was trained by Asserman, where he learned the destructive nature of fire and flame. Which are two different things, keep in mind. Well, obviously, <laughs> fire uh-huh. and flame. Of course. Uh, the hand gestures that's complete That's how Asurman explained it to him, too. Fugan's like, I really yes. like this hot Bernie thing. And Asurman's like, yes, fire. this is fire and this is flame. You have to pay the extra $2 to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Okay. Um, so Fuegan founded many shrines across different craft worlds and is respected as a hero to the Eldar people and is often depicted holding the cosmic serpents of wisdom and entropy in his grasp. Um, wisdom, because uh, I always I go, go back to Avatar Last Airbender. You have to be wise when you're a firebender because mm. you can't let fire go it's out of control. It's too destructive. Yeah, you well, gotta know and, when and entropy to is, kind of fire has that kind of chaotic, at least in like mythos, it's very, it's always associated with like destruction and chaos. And yeah. So... Not all the time, but a lot of the time. It, it's commonly yeah. associated with... Well, you, you can get out of here. <laughs> 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 all right, so Fuegan doesn't spend a lot of uh, spend long in one place. Instead, he travels the depths of the webway tunnels, only emerging to wreak total annihilation on the enemies of the Eldar. Perfect. So, yeah, he's like a corny-sounding guy. He's a traveler, almost. as they all are. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like a... Like a berserker marine. I was going to say that too. He doesn't really mm. look that. He like, looks very not Eldar. Like yeah. mm. The yeah. scale armor. He's yeah. the scale armor is a huge thing for sure. But also, especially in that artwork, he looks beefy, <laughs> and he looks mean. Like Jane Zar looks like terrifying and and horrifying. Uh, Asurman kind of just looks like stalwart and like a, a defender. But Fugan, like that axe, he's menacing. Yeah. You know? Well, and he almost has like that model has almost like a predator looking vibe. Mm. The way those like hoses come into his nose. Hmm, sure, yeah. Yeah, weird, weird guy. Weird dude. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, so he later appeared under the command of Jane Czar and is now pledged to Yenid. 
which seems to be a, a pattern. Clat. Yeah. What? No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. Trust me. Trust it's an emerging me. pattern. <laughs> it's, you know what? That's probably the last place we're going to see that <laughs> yeah, in no one, this entire no one, episode. No one's getting on this Indian bad. Stop trying to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's so fetch. In many ways, Fuegan embodies the Aspect Warrior's obsession with their deadly craft, devoting himself completely to this uh, systematic and total destruction of the Elder's enemies, pitilessly destroying the enemies of the Elder in an unbroken chain across the galaxy. The Eldar believe that with this chain, Fuegan intends to bind the dragon at the end of days, mastering destruction itself. To learn more, we'll be talking about the Ramadandron in the end of this, and then all of yeah. that metaphorical dragons and chains will be revealed. The chains. <laughs> yeah. Will it? They have yeah! nothing, yes, they have it's going nothing to, be revealed. to lose. But yeah, so we'll talk more about that. Stick around. <laughs> you know, so it said that uh, Hugh will answer the call together with the Phoenix Lords for the Randandra, the final <laughs> contra- conflict, that he will be the last to die. Yeah. The last to die, eh? Yeah, they all die. He's too busy mur- murdering. Well, I mean, I guess you've kind of oh, let the cat out of the bag that he Mark, will be the last to die. Mark, that was what we were going to talk about. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh. <laughs> Ruined it. I think so far, too, he has the tallest helmet. like the, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the biggest cone on the top. And then oh, side <laughs> You know what that it. means. <laughs> you know what they cone. side with big cones. <laughs> What do they say? What does that mean? Big head. Oh, big yeah. brain. <laughs> big brain. Big brain. Fugan yeah. <laughs> holds up this axe. He's like, I'm going to do what's called a big brain move. <laughs> Chops the snake of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a big brain move. You okay. don't need wisdom to be destroying things. That's right. <laughs> the next one is, how would you say this one? Irelith. Irelith? Irelith? Sure. The Shade of Twilight and the founder of the Shadow Specters. <sighs> this Ooh. this probably has some of the best models oh, yeah. in all the Aspect Warriors. Yeah. I take it that's not canon? No, is that James Forge Workshop? World. Oh, oh, I take it. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Forge World did something I like. <laughs> That's the surprising part right there. Just wait till you hear the price tag. Oh, okay. $7,000. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, Forge World, please. <laughs> Just take it <laughs> right from my like you are. Irilith, also known as the Shade of Trot Twilight, was trained by a sermon in the art of war, focusing on stealth, mobility, and overwhelming firepower. He later founded the Shadow Spectres on a craft world of Mamiria, and he would serve and protect Mamiria with distinction. That seems like an odd combo, stealth and overwhelming firepower. Those seem to be a counter. Yeah. Uh, so Don't his, think about it too hard. His okay. weapon's really cool. So it's like this super close range, like tank buster gun, essentially. So you gotta sneak up. And then you unleash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretty much just a better version of a fire dragon. <laughs> more mobile <laughs> better gun mm. interesting you didn't hear it from me <laughs> no of course not Irelith gathered and would lead a great war host to the mysterious world of Bethlehemé to destroy a race that would come to rise against the craft world Mimiria thousands of years into the future I, I love exterminating, exterminating races just because <laughs> yeah well, because in the future, they might rise up against you. Yeah. So you need to take preemptive strikes. And instead of taking time to, you know, make peace treaties with them, work yes. over it over thousands of years, hopefully get somewhere, just wipe them out. No. 
It's too Rick, too Rixy business. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. They looked into the into the future, and there was only one scenario <laughs> oh, yeah. out of the millions of futures that only one. Okay, we can and live together in harmony one. with them, or we could destroy no, them. No, all of those don't work. <laughs> Exterminating only work. Irulith and his hosts, though, were never they never returned back to Craftworld Mimiria with their Phoenix. Phoenix Lord lost. The Shadow Spectre's aspect oh. fell into decline. Ooh, so he was lost during that battle or sometime after? Yeah, sometime during that whole campaign or whatever. Mm. Yeah. The host never returned. It is a weird, like, looking at it almost gives me imperative. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Real vibes. Is that just me? Well, it looks like there's are you talking like about the wings on, this, on, on the shoulders oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, I definitely see it. I, I like this Spectre look to it. I love, like, the, the fact that he's upright in the air and it looks like there's a oh, massive totally. breeze and, and there's just lines the model is excellent flowing mm-hmm. out. It looks but cool. I, I know what you're – I get what you're saying there, but, I mean, the Imperium can't have, like, a monopoly on angels of death, can they? I mean – They can. They will. Damn it, they do. Yeah, there's uh, some more of them. Oh, so yeah. they look even cooler when they when they don't have that gold quill on them. No, yes, they look more Eldari. They they definitely do look more Eldari. Ghosty boys. I never really thought about it until you pointed it out. So um, that's yeah. why you pay me the big bucks. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> we don't pay you. <laughs> nope. Not even in friendship. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Many years later, in M41, oh, do you wanna? Uh, yeah, I'm just so there is his. Uh, oh, we're just gonna buy some. <laughs> yeah. There's his credit card information. <laughs> That's another reason to pay for the uh, Patreon subscription. Yeah, you make your money back <laughs> real fast. <laughs> Many le- years later, in M41, the armor containing Irilis spirit was discovered by Mirmiria on a human ice world of Betelis. Three. Of course it's three. Of it's course. always it three. Always it's always oh, three, man. yeah. <laughs> Eric, one day we got to do a bonus episode where we get Find all, all the, the worlds three. that are threes. <laughs> all the worlds, all the space marine captains. Yes. Oh, yeah, third. it's them too. Yeah, man. It's, it's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> it's I'm something. You. We're on to something. There's, you better keep your mouth shut, guys. Don't bring this to their attention. <laughs> that we Don't know. tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to find this out. It's a little sus if you ask me. <laughs> Um, so Mimiria, Alotok, and Eldor Corsairs were dispatched to assault the world and recover Irilith, and were successful in resurrecting the Phoenix Lord. I love that. I love the fact that we're like, we're going to do this campaign to resurrect a fucking legend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. It oh. is cool, like, because you can, there's so many good stories you could write around just, yes! oh, this Phoenix yeah. Lord died, but we're going to go bring him back to life, and it doesn't matter how many of you die along the way, because that last guy is going to get into the suit, and he's going to resonate. Yes. He's going to vibrate. <laughs> and then he's going to be reborn, and yeah. that, that one single soldier is going to just take and destroy planets if he has to. With I his just... stealth, mobility, and overwhelming fire. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's so sweet. Ah. Yeah, so that's uh, Irilith. Oh, okay. Um, very cool. Very, very cool. Model is 10 out of 10. It's probably <laughs> yeah. the second best... 
uh, Phoenix Lord model out there. Sure. Um, Jane Zar is just really good. Yeah. yeah. And you can't beat a new sculpt. Exactly. So. Yeah. This is probably resin. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Forge World resin even at that. <laughs> so much flash. My God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally having flashbacks. Oh. I've I've literally used a saw on Ford World models. (laughs) A saw. Like, I was like, where's my saw for cutting trees? (laughs) Let me use that on this model. Anyways. uh, Now let's talk about Carandras. Carandras. Carandras the squat. That's rude. It's not his fault. He that's a pretty tall cone though. that's, that's, that's definitely the tallest that is a tall cone <laughs> I like to think too when he's head banging his quills on his back and <laughs> he yeah. wets his hair back and forth yeah. like I Willow Smith him. yeah yeah. So actually honestly that this might be my favorite one so far this one is very predator it's very cool yeah uh, so Karandras is the shadow hunter and he's the phoenix lord of the striking scorpions oh, that's a good one yeah so, Karandras <laughs> is unique among the Phoenix Lords due to the fact that he is not the founder of the Striking Scorpions. Um, however, he is their current Phoenix Lord. So, the original founder of the shrine, Aura, trained many students the ways of the Striking Scorpions. They were violent, merciless killers who specialized in close combat. Almost berserkers, even. Yeah. They had no temper on their rage. They just unleashed it all. Yeah. And... uh during the fall of the Eldar, Ara is said to have joined with the Dark Eldar, fleeing into the Webway. So this would have been sometime after his training with yeah. Asurmin um, and the creation of the Striking Scorpions. But, you know, before too much time had actually passed. Yeah, this was one of those weird time things. When you look too much into it, it gets a little funky. But well, In Mogan Ra, you'll find yeah. a very similar weird time discrepancies yeah. where it's like 500 years pass. And you're like, oh, but isn't this the same time? <laughs> sure. So, yeah, just yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so he fleed into the webway with the Dark Eldar. And the last time Ara was seen was in a duel with Karandras, one of his students. Yeah. That lasted 17 days. <laughs> and Ara, where Ara was finally defeated and Karandras proved his ability to be the Phoenix Lord yeah. of the Striking Scorpions. And it's cool how he defeated them. Too. It is. It's a very cool story. Well, uh, share it. Okay, well, You're they a ta- natural storyteller, so. <laughs> they, they talk about how um, Ara wasn't able to discipline his anger and have patience enough to strike. Mm-hmm. And he just went all out, balls to the wall, do everything I can to kill you right now, rage. Yeah. And Karandras took his time, tempered his rage, held it back, waited for the Dare perfect you say time. It? <laughs> Don't do it. And then unleashed all of his rage in that moment. So that was kind of what he... You no, know, that's not how it happened, man. That's... Maybe we're reading different stories, but so what actually okay. happened? The mythology is uh, so they have that battle, they're fighting, and then um, Carandros gets Arya into a fit of rage that he can't control anymore, and then he slips away into the shadows, and oh, he ends up killing what? all his students, his own warriors, because like he was outnumbered or something. Carandros and yeah. no, I don't know what I'm thinking of, but you're that's hundred percent the story. What? You're just making up other myths. I'm See, just making and up myths. This is myths. what we're talking about it's with mythology. Myth. You yeah. know, it's, that's how it, they get started. Yeah, yeah. one fucking redhead starts a whole thing. <laughs> well, thank God you're here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that... so he he like tricks him into killing his own students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even tricks, really. Yeah, yeah. Literally just winds them up and then like 
okay. Yeah, <laughs> and so like, it's hilarious. the whole point was for him to prove that anger had to be tempered. Exactly, to teach his students that his new way is the way of the aspect exactly, yeah, yeah. of the striking okay. scorpion. So did he Did he win, though? Did he end up beating him? That was a win. Oh. It proved to Ara that his way was not the oh, right okay, way. So, yeah. Right. And they fought for 17 days. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. <laughs> so, that's a thing. Right, is that legend? Did they actually <laughs> fight for 17 straight days? <laughs> that would almost be like... How good are you if you can't, like, how did you not figure this out in 17 days? <laughs> like, did you miss a lot? <laughs> just like over and over again? When no, both are so parody, good, yeah. everyone oh. is so bad. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, so officially, though, Karandras took over the shrine as soon as Aura fell, uh, like, went into the webway. Yeah. And Karandras was Aura's greatest pupil and not only mastered the original way of war that Aura taught, but also added to it and perfected it. Karandras was a patient and cunning hunter, but when the time came to pounce, his brutality and efficiency was made clear. Uh, Karandras taught the, the striking scorpions to temper their murderous nature. Patience and infiltration became an important tactic used by the shrine. So before that, they were very much just berserker warriors. Yes, yeah, run in and just kill. Yeah, and then they became this patient, stalking hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and since the birth of the Yanari, guess um, what? Karandras has pledged himself to Jane Zar, yes. and of Rain, and fought alongside them. Perfect. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. No, it's fine. I'll let it go this time. <laughs> okay. Ooh, but no, better, no one else better do this because it's just. <laughs> okay. You just, know what? That's fair. That's probably the last one. Yeah. No more. No more. His claw is really cool. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just a massive crushing claw. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some cool stuff on him. Yeah, his, uh, so he has, I think they're called mandiblasters. Yeah, mandiblasters. So the little things on the side of his skull, they just, like, shoot this, like, very close-range thing at people, and it always just, like, trips people up. No one expects it. Yeah. Cool. Has some, like, nerve agent, paralyzing agent in it, too, or something like that. And then he... If you wanted to completely rip off another IP... Yeah. You could just put Tyranids and these guys, this guy's aspect, you know, like, I don't know, some... Some weird fusion. Yeah, you could make a movie about that almost. I don't know. You'd call it like well, extraterrestrial like alien, and one would be like the hunter. Right? Yeah, so hunter, extra, hunter and extraterrestrial. Yeah, there we go. Hunter versus extraterrestrial, oh. right? Because they're fighting each other. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that and one could sense. like stalk the other one, right? Because obviously yeah, yeah. he's tempering his patience or his anger with patience. Yeah, like hmm. one could hide in the can, like have some camo. And- <laughs> The other one could kind of like well, skulk. I, think I, I can't even, confirm uh, that they use camo, but I can confirm that they like strike from the shadows in a very unnatural way. And you might look at this shadow and see nothing, but there's definitely a striking scorpion in there. <laughs> oh, sweet. I think I even found some concept art. Oh, oh wow. Really very cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the. I, I like see it. Yeah. Somebody should make that. There's actually a lot of concept art. There's a surprising well. amount of con. Oh! <laughs> yeah, wow. It goes that. on forever. <laughs> You could even make a game out of that, I bet. I bet you could make a couple games out of that. (laughs) Maybe a whole universe, even. Somebody will do that. We'll leave that to you, the listener. (laughs) Okay. uh, Up next, we got Megan Raw, the Harvester of Souls. Eric, I know you really like this one. You want to take it? No, I'm going to let Rio do it. I'm just going to chime in. It's my turn, though. I'm I'm doing it. Didn't I just do Karandras? Yeah, you're right. So it's not your turn. Well, that guy is a badass. He's awesome. Your Rio's going to enjoy this. He's okay. going to like it. Oh, Mark, you don't want to do it? No. No, no okay. I was just trying to pass it on okay. to Eric. It's sure. okay. It's okay. Go ahead, Rio. Okay. So, Mog and Ra? Yes. Okay. 
The Harvester of Souls. He is the founder of the Dark Reapers. So Magen Ra was trained by Azurman with his brother Baharoth after the fall of the Eldar. He became an exarch, uh, lost upon the path of the warrior, while on his home craft world of Altensar. So Altensar only barely managed to escape complete destruction during the fall of the Eldar, as it was on the edge of the Eye of Terror. However, during the next 500 years, it was slowly pulled into the Eye itself, and only... And the only survivor was Magen Ra. Oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah, so apparently there was just 500 years where he had time to slowly, like, contemplate the fact that his entire craft world was about to be annihilated. Oof. And, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of people on that craft world were already dead. Their souls sucked out. Yeah, because demons are just constantly assaulting this place, yeah. right? It's right on the edge of the Eye of Terror. <laughs> yeah. Also, they love when more things get added to it, so they wanted to make it one of their own. So. I, I just picture him like like the planet is moving towards the Eye of Terror, and like, I just picture him on the of the furthest the very, point, yeah. and just like in a crouching sitting position, just like as his planet is moving there, and he's meditating, <laughs> and the demons are coming, and he kills them eventually sometimes, but then he just like goes back to meditating on the tallest, furthest point <laughs> on the yeah. planet from the for as terror. long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. why that 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 visual just that's cool. Oh, he's a very Gets cool me. character. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So as his home was slowly being pulled into the eye. Magen Ra continued to stray further and further from the teachings of Azurman, farther than any other save Ara. Magen became obsessed with perfecting his skill with a weapon, any weapon. He trained himself until he could use any weapon with precision of a scalpel. This skill would eventually be known as the Magatar. Yeah, it's... I. I don't know if I think this is the coolest thing, but it is like <laughs> his his ideal is that he saw like, oh, you can be like super destructive with a weapon. You can, you know, just destroy massive mountains if you need to. But like the pinnacle is having that firepower and using it with like the precision of a doctor hmm. and using it to like expertly kill something. Right. So that was like kind of his philosophy as he you know, spent 500 years on a dying <laughs> craft world. That was, like, what he, like, became, I guess. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So he's just a weapons master. He could just use any weapon. Yes, that was, like, his ideal. But then he did something different. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he chose to focus on destroying his enemies from a great distance with disturbing accuracy. Because of this highly specialized need, Magen had to forge his desired weapon himself. No other weapon could perform to his standards. In order to build the weapon he <laughs> desired, he combined an ancient Shrieker cannon with a built-in executioner. And this was no ordinary weapon, and many trials were undertaken in its creation, such as battling a Keeper of Secrets, a Slaneshi Greater Demon, sacrificing an Exarch, and also battling through hordes of Slaneshi Demons. Nice. All I gotta test it. this out. So, uh, <laughs> luckily, I'm on a world that's getting eaten by the Terror. There's plenty of like opportunities. <laughs> this, this was like a weird thing. So, first of all, a Shrieker cannon is just like a really big shuriken cannon that yeah. can fire uh, Shrieker shurikens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Which, believe it or not, 
shriek. Shriek as they fly. Yeah. yeah. And they actually cause their target to explode. Uh, <laughs> Which causes more shrieking. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it, they explode through rewriting their genetics. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, yeah. Is that what? genetically tailored? So there's a poison in here that is apparently genetically tailored to rewrite whatever the target's <laughs> DNA is and literally just causes massive body failure until they explode. <laughs> um, I'm not a geneticist, but I think you would need a different poison for every single species in the galaxy. I don't know. It's anyway. fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's and crazy. Then, so then he, there's that cannon, but then he also attached an executioner to it, which is really just a, a power glaive. Yeah. And if you look at the model, you can see that it just looks, it manifests as just this massive scythe yeah. on the end of his blade. I just, I'm not, I don't marry the idea of this guy who strikes from, like, disturbing accuracy from very far distances with this close combat weapon. I just, But let me throw this at you. Yeah. Harvester of Souls. I, Grim Reaper. Okay, so the... Skulls. The aesthetic fits. <laughs> the aesthetic definitely fits. No, I know what you're I saying. I just don't it's, get... It's weird. Like, yeah. What, when does he ever want to be in close combat? Exactly. Either? His whole purpose is to go from as far away as possible yeah. with just crazy... He's sitting on accuracy. the tip of his craft wheel, shooting down at Slanesh. He's shooting all day. other planets <laughs> with that thing, you know? Like, It also doesn't make sense, like, the aesthetic to be... Like, why does he have a bunch of skulls if he's so far away? Well, no one would see them but him. Well, he's just embodied the fact that he's a grim reaper. And I think that his death comes from anywhere. And that's what he's trying to say. He's like, sure. I'll shoot you from anywhere. Sure. Right. I, I, don't I just think it's wa- a wasted aesthetic on a guy who wants mm. to be far away. I, I, yeah. I mean, but... if it's aesthetic, it doesn't really like you, you can like it and I cannot like sure. it. Right. So, I love the aesthetic. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That that art there is sick. Oh, it's so disturbing. It's not like bright Eldar at all. It's no. very dark. But I, I just don't banner. understand why. I wish his he was more fine. like. I like the banner. I think it's the ponytail of the skull up there. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. So earlier, we were talking about like things that are legend. Yeah. And let's talk about this quest that Maugen Ra had to do to build this weapon. Okay. So he had to battle the Keeper of Secrets, a Slaneshi Greater Demon. Yeah. I bet he's totally battled a Slaneshi Greater Demon. Sure. Um, we battled, all have. Yeah. We all battle him nightly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mark, are you doing okay? <laughs> Let's carry on. <laughs> he's possessed by a Keeper of Secrets. That's all. <laughs> Every night it tries to escape. <laughs> I have to beat it down, though. So... The sacrifice of an exarch, it doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, what did I he just, do? Yeah, did he literally like, all right, so Tommy, the exarch, you just put these chains on. Nothing's going to happen, I swear. Just lie down on this sacrificial table. Nothing's going to happen. Let me take your armor off and stab you with this knife. Nothing's going to happen. Maybe the sacrifice was him just testing the weapon and just blowing away one of his friends. It's just like, let me, let me try this out. That was what I thought first when he said well, it. These, Sacrificing, all right. These trials were for him to gather the materials oh, and see. like the plans. Because it's like a, a very impossible weapon it's like you know forging in wow like the Ashbringer, <gasps> right or the lich king's sword frostmourne or <gasps> something right like maybe maybe he used like a soul stone or something to embedded that in it so that's, that's the only like plausible thing that i'm gonna say but still like to kill know. an exarch it sounds like murder to me 
No, no, it's him and his buddy. They're talking, right? They're like, yo, man, I'm trying to get this badass nickname. I, wa- I want to be called the Harvester of Souls. He's like, bro, I got you. Just kill me. <laughs> Harvest my soul, bro. Harvest my soul. Bro, that you're way, my world, bro. Yeah, that way you'll be a legend. No Harvester of souls. Yeah, I think that's how it probably works. Is that? Be. Yeah. I'm willing to accept that. Tommy said, bro, do it to me, bro. Bro, I got you, bro. It's quite bro. the bro. <laughs> that's a real bro, right? Yeah. I'm willing to kill himself or let you kill him for your own title. Yeah, that's crazy. So after all these trials, Morgan had finally had sorry, Morgan finally had the materials he needed. So he found the greatest bone singer in the galaxy, uh, Kayla Tool. Morgan kidnapped uh, Kayla Tool and held him captive for years while he taught Morgan how to craft his desired weapon. <laughs> for years. Crazy. So when he was done, Morgan crippled. Kaleth tool, removing his eyes, tongue, and hands so he could never create a weapon to outshine his own. This weapon was called the Mogatar. <laughs> Little did he know that he so... learned to write with his feet afterwards. <laughs> Another thing that I think you'd probably not be okay with in Eldar society yeah. is taking the most well-known bone singer <laughs> in the entire galaxy and then crippling him so he cannot perform anymore. Yeah. That's wild. It's cool how he did it too. Remove the eyes so he can't see what you're doing. The tongue so he can't sing the bone into existence. Remember a while ago, like we've talked about like bone singers. Do they actually sing mm-hmm. or is it more metaphorical? That makes me think it's more like he's actually singing. I, I think there's singing involved I, for I sure. I think so too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the whole problem I have with um, this physical crippling yeah. of a psychic being yeah is that. Kaleth Tool is more than capable of sharing his knowledge and experience with another Eldar psychically. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's pretty easy to be like, mm, you know, because he has no mouth. But he's like, in his brain, he's thinking, shit, I can't, you know, tell you. Right. So let me just psychically show you. <laughs> or, or just like you could use his soul stone after he's dead too, right? Yeah. Like you'd, his you'd knowledge get, would get moved exactly. into the... So I... <laughs> It's a it's little a, weird. So Malgoras has sacrificed an. Maybe XR. this guy isn't the brightest phoenix. Well, star. no, he's not. You can tell. I know. By I'll take his eyes out and his tongue out, <laughs> and no one will make a weapon as good as my weapon ever again. <laughs> Malgoras, what are you doing? Yes, yeah, literally. As Why he's are you doing his that? Tongue, I'll Kayla... sacrifice you, and you no. Now I'll have the materials. As he's Perfect. removing his tongue, Kaleth is literally psychically talking to him, being like, "What? What are you doing? Like, who oh! is that?" Who is that? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> oh, Malgan Ra. Oh, man. So, after the loss of Eltensar, Malgan Ra was a changed Eldar. And it was here. <laughs> it wasn't after he committed all those atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> and it was here that he seemed to fully embrace his harvester role. He emerged from the destruction of Eltensar, encased in black armor, sculpted with golden bone, wearing a skull helmet. Helm, and it was remarked that he looked like the image of death itself. Very cool. So yeah, eventually Altazan, Anthazar, Altansar, yeah, gets sucked fully into the eye. Yeah, and it just completely disappears, and yeah. he's the only one that escapes its destruction. Maybe he was like alone for a long time, and he just went a little batty. 
500 years oh, to do that that's to you. a long that's, time that's, that's my that's my long. that's my fan especially theory. watching your whole world just get and there's nothing you can do shredded. about it and then you're committing atrocities too for some reason it's just <laughs> all crazy. to make yourself feel a little better <laughs> on the inside <laughs> well, at least i'm not as bad as a slushy demon <laughs> <laughs> oh man fuck so magan Ra took his skill the Magatar and his weapon, <laughs> also called the Magatar, <laughs> and founded uh, his shrine of the Dark Reaper. Mm. So, 10,000 years later, during the 13th Black Crusade, Magenra learned that his home craft world, Altansar, actually had survived within <gasps> the Eye. And he journeyed rest, to rest, find rest. his kin and free them from the Eye of Terror. Yes. So, Although the craft world had miraculously survived, its inhabitants were viewed with great suspicion for no one can survive 10,000 years in the realm of chaos untouched. Apparently. So he goes back there and he's like liberating them and he makes this massive war council and they actually get Altansar out of the eye. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so sweet. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, can oh, you imagine flying out of it? Oh, after 10,000 years and like he's kind of redeeming himself in yeah. this way like mm. now he's like the true phoenix lord and he's like the savior and everything and yet <laughs> there's something really weird because not a single member of Altansar is willing to remove their helmet and they don't really talk and they <laughs> kind of just walk like they're shadows of their former selves so the question is what happened on Altansar in the in this Eye of Terror, and yeah. what have they brought out of it now? Oh, interesting. You know, so it's... There uh, could be some fucking cool stuff there. I love, like, Maugen Ra, is, yeah. for all the problems I might have with him, <laughs> like, he's one of my favorite Phoenix Lords. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that does sound pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to use my uh, psychic powers to okay. guess... I think he joins Jane Czar. Am I right? <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll read you. Okay, those. okay. Hit me with it. Hit me with so, Magan Ra was last seen with the forces of Jane Czar. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo! Pledge to Yinead. Uh, Here, we'll just delete that part because we don't need to read that part for the fourth time. Well, you know what? I'm going to say it out loud. Because <laughs> you've memorized it. We've read that. He note. helped defend from the forces of the Thousand Suns and the demons in the webway. Nice. And yet mysteriously vanished Afterwards. without a trace. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Malgan Ra for you. What a, what a great guy. I'm just going to point out, it's not. there's nothing wrong with it, but someone is going to send us an email. Malgan is definitely spelled G-A-N. Mielgen? So. Manilgen. Um, where, how do you spell it? It's, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. Someone's going to send me an email. Be like, hey, on that video, you spelled it wrong. But I mean, I spelled it with an E sometimes in the notes, too. So, all right. We got the next Phoenix Lord. Trastanda. Mm, that's the one. Nice. The Tempest of Starlight, founder of the Shining Spears. Uh, Drastanta, known as the Tempest of Starlight, was known for his hubris and tendency to engage in needlessly long battle, he he embodying the spear of Kalia, Mensha Kane, which struck like lightning and kill an enemy with a single blow. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of a douchebag is what I'm <laughs> Just like, yeah, I'm going to like just. He's like a cat. It could he be toys over. with his enemy. Yeah. And then when he wants him dead, he, f- 
they're dead. I mean, like he, then he, he extends the one, claw. Let's yeah, be honest, it's forty k. Everyone's a little bit of a douchebag. So. Oh yeah. Well, there's so. no good people. That's for sure. Fair Unless enough. you're talking about Malgan Ra. Mm-hmm. That man's a saint. <laughs> and the Tao, of course. <laughs> of course. Naturally, yes. Of course. Uh, like most of the Phoenix Lords, Drastanta trained under Asurman. And alongside those that would become the Phoenix Lords, and just like the Phoenix Lords, he too would go on to found his own aspect warrior shrine, the Shining Spears. Nice. Yeah, so the Shining Spears focus on speed, precision, and brute force. Riding an Eldar jet bike and wielding a laser lance, they will appear where needed most striking down all all that stand before them. I like these because it's very different. Yeah. You know, like it's... Everyone else kind of just has their own, like, infantry thing way sure. of doing stuff. But this is, like... A totally yeah. different way of doing yeah. things, yeah. A killing strike. The perfect blow. <laughs> they know when. <laughs> they know where. They know how. Oh, yeah. They don't know why. Well. Nobody knows why. Jane Z, Jane Z tells a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something new. Uh, I don't think this one joins Jane's R. Really? Let's read what happens to him. Okay. So he came late to Asterman's final stand and found his mentor already fallen before the might of the Keeper of Secrets, Nikari. In a fit of rage, he slew the demon, the energies of the celestial lance shattering the creature's spirit. He then disappeared from the galaxy uh, thereafter, leaving behind his celestial lance, which has been passed down over the generations to various craft worlds and shining spears shrines mm-hmm. wow so he didn't it's just not appear. confirmed that he helped jane see <laughs> yeah you know what <laughs> he was just on a jet bike he was so fast no one actually yeah it's him. it's not confirmed but yeah. i assume he was there <laughs> unless someone unless it's expressly said he was not yeah what i love about the fact that he disappeared is that even if he died He's still going to show up for the Ranadandra. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because the Eldar, for some reason, <laughs> everything just works out yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing but good times. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing but good exactly. luck and easy sailing. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's cool that he actually left a weapon behind. Mm. Um, all the other ones keep their war gear with yes. them, but he actually, mm. which it's like, did he, he actually retire? I wonder. I don't maybe? think, yeah. For s- he's he, not lost on the path anymore. No, you're lost. Like, I think it's like a permanent, you're lost, you're, oh, I see what you're doing there. You son of a bitch, you got me. (laughs) The whole point of being lost on the path is... You're lost. lost (laughs) Um, Yeah, the next one is called Eamon Herakect, and he's the founder of the Eagle Pilot. So little else is known about this Phoenix Lord other than he founded the Eagle Pilot aspect, Warriors. Uh, Eagle pilots are masters of aerial combat, piloting the fastest and deadliest aircraft that the Eldar have available. Um, this is fun. Em and Herakak translate into low gothic, which means fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> yeah. This is another of the very different yeah. things. You know, he's like, I found that the best way to embody, like, Kane's spirit is from a, a fighter plane jet. Yeah. Thing. It'd be cool if they came out with like a tank one too. Yeah, like a wave serpent yeah. even. Or yeah, exactly. Hey, they could call it tank pilot. pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the low gothic translation. <laughs> this is actually just someone's name, and they're literally like, "You fly a plane, 
your name must be fighter pilot. <laughs> I, that is and that's always like, will be my favorite excuse for anything being silly in 40K is just that's just what the humans thought yeah. and that's that's yeah. their explanation. Yeah. It doesn't actually mean no, it, fighter it's, pilot. It's no. just that's the guy's name. Hey, you want to ne- name these uh Tau people after uh fish? Even though <laughs> Shoot, they're darn tootin', I on, love that. on a desert planet and they have hooves. They have hooves? <laughs> they should really be goat people. Yeah. Mm. Satyrs, maybe. Ooh. I mean, they. I've never they seen are their legs satyrs. before, so maybe they're hairy. I don't know. Do they have to be hairy <laughs> to be satyrs? Well, I'd imagine you would have to have actual goat legs, you know. To be... Well, they have goat feet. <laughs> but where does it end? <laughs> what I'm saying. Keep <laughs> keep going up the leg, and I'll tell you when. <laughs> Higher. More. More. There. Right there. Right there. Right there. Careful of the nips. <laughs> well, yeah. I wanted human nipples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mammalian nipples. <laughs> uh, okay. Next one. The next one we have is Aura. So Aura is the fallen phoenix who burns with the dark light of chaos and is the founder of the striking scorpion shrine. He unfortunately turned to the side of the dark Eldar after the fall of the Eldar and his battle with Karandras. Um, he is believed to be the leader of the incubi warriors of the dark Eldar, but... We'll talk more about him in the next episode. Yeah, we're going to be doing an episode that includes Incubi, and there's some tie-ins, but we'll say no more. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of stuff in Kimura, and so yeah. we'll make sure we focus on Aura then. Yeah. So, Because even though it's, like, believed, rumored, it's one of those, like, rumors that yeah. everyone kind of it just accepts as truth. Yeah. So. Cool. But, yeah, but we'll yeah. talk more about him in a bit. Um. Yeah, so that was all of the... Uh, all of the Phoenix Lords. Uh, there are, however, some missing Phoenix Lords. So out of the 14 known Aspect Warriors, we don't know the Phoenix Lords of four of them. The Crystal Dragons, the Slicing Orbs and Sandros, and the Ebon Talon all have a disturbing lack of info on them. So disturbing that all we know is their names. So chances are good they do have Phoenix Lords and they're not actually lacking one. But we don't, we don't know. I also wonder, because those are definitely newer Aspects. Yep. Um, and not as well known. Yeah. I wonder what it actually takes to be the Phoenix Lord of something, you know, like trained by. A s- I don't, I don't yeah. even know if that would be the requirement because Karandras te- technically wasn't it, trained yeah. by a sewerman. He was trained by Aura. Yeah. And to be trained by a sewerman makes you like the Asuria, not technically a Phoenix Lord. So yes, the Asuria. Yeah. And the Asuria was, I don't even think that it's a thing anymore. You can't yeah. be it's a, an Asuria. It's, no. it's, it's well, more like, it seems like you just reach a certain level or like, or like you're engaged in some sort of like cataclysmic conflict or yeah. It, like what, it, what yeah, bestows like, like the status. immortality though? Like, I honestly don't know. It's, like I've I've read one thing that explained how someone else like entered it, but it there's not a lot of information given on that turning point from when you were just a regular exarch lost on your path to now you're a Phoenix Lord and you're capable yeah. of resurrecting yourself as soon as someone puts on your armor, you know? Yeah. There's there's obviously, yeah, and I think it kinda there has to be something cataclysmic that happens just to you or around you hmm. to like break you maybe and change and shape you into something different yeah because Ra lost a whole planet in order yeah to, exactly and he, he spent 500 years literally contemplating this and yeah. you know at some point he died and then he found out he was a phoenix lord so. <laughs> that's pretty neat yeah so i wonder i'm also there's definitely leaders of their shrines sure but does that make them phoenix lords 
Yeah, probably not. not right. Unless you have the ability to resurrect yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's the whole Phoenix aspect. And so, so I, I think, though, like following that vein, I think yeah. if I was to create a new aspect, uh, warrior or an aspect shrine, yeah. I would probably lean more towards not creating a new Phoenix Lord. Yeah. Um, or maybe creating someone that you know, down the road might eventually turn into one, but not actually yeah, yeah. You, writing you, you that there was leave one. leave that story, like... Open-ended. Uh, yeah, and, like, it, it said that uh, he grows more powerful each day or something like that. Exactly. That, like, teases, like, he's on the verge of Phoenix Lordhood. It, yeah, exactly. Or, or, like, he's he's tracked down and talked to Suramon, and you'd leave it like that. Yeah, that would be a great one, actually yeah. meeting a Suramon and, like... Yeah. Or meeting, like, the other, at like, uh, Phoenix Lords yeah. and everything, like, joining their councils or something. Yeah. Um, because I definitely think that you need to understand these are Primarch level powerful people. They're crazy. Good. Oh, really? Yeah. Like maybe not in physical strength, but what they mean to the people of the Eldar, and mm, I think their, what their they're capable of. Knowledge, yeah. What they they're, they're capable of, yeah. Yeah, like sure. maybe in one on one, like it might be hard to tell sometimes who's better than who. Oh, but really? Oh, even it's that. just like I think people don't give the Eldar enough credit. In how powerful that, and everyone puts yeah. Primarchs on way too big of a, a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so I think to be fair, um, a lot of like these guys don't seem to do as like they don't seem to be as active. So do you? What do you like, think the reason is? Because we've shared that they've they've I, seen I think countless battles, and you can't surprise them because they've seen everything there is to see. I think well, it's just the way the lore is written, right? Obviously, but yeah. like I mean, I don't think it's fair. To, it's unfair to say that the perception that the Primarchs are beasts is just because people think that. I think it's because of the way it's written. Well, they're like, written as beasts. Yeah, they're written right? to be the top, but they're also written. They you there's very a lot of detail about their exploits. That's what I mean. And so you can say that yes, these are great, and you either accept that they're great, or now here's the 50 million examples we have of them being great. Yeah, uh, well, so then, I mean, if you sorry, read a story, if you read a story, just let me finish this. Because then they give you the Phoenix Lords and they say these are great too, but we just don't have any of the stories. It doesn't mean they aren't great. Yeah. It just means that no one writes about them. I, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, <laughs> I just wanted to share that thought. <laughs> like, no, it's, so... it's, it's just one of those things where you you need people aren't immersed in the lore of the Eldar as much because yeah. it doesn't get as much attention. So they, that perception comes out of that. Yes, I agree. And I think that I, I, well, all I was trying to say is that like you should elevate your perspective of Phoenix Lords. For sure. Like I <clears> bet <throat> everyone who thinks about them is just like, oh, Jane Czar is just like well, another Eldar. Yeah, Exarch. well, like like what you said, that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that was a Phoenix Lord. Exactly. It's like, that's like if somebody's like, oh, I didn't even realize when Boot Gilliman came out. Like, it's on the same tier, essentially. I agree. And I think that I just, this has just caused me to shift yeah. my understanding of, like, how crazy and amazing these guys are. Like, they're killing but, greater demons and stuff by themselves. And they're not even Grey Knights. They're not even Grey Knights. I think part of that, too, though, is, like, how unceremoniously that box came out. Oh, yes. Yeah, it just was, like, one week, oh, the Phoenix Lords box came out. You're like... Great. <laughs> Here's a Phoenix Lord box and three Primaris lieutenants. <laughs> like, Thanks, that, CW. Yeah, well, I, th I think that's part of it, right? Like, uh, I oh, mean, for sure. Your perception of how powerful someone is is shaped by the way yeah. Games Workshop releases their stuff or, or teases things out. That wasn't teased at all. People probably think more about Gazgol. That's the sure. orc that came out, yeah, right? Gazgol Thraka. He came out and everyone was like, oh, he's big, first of all. 
He's beefy. He's mean. He looks large. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big model, and it was teased a little bit more. Whereas Jane Zayer, it was just kind of yeah, yeah. It's a weird story too. That one, her book with that came out with her with your brain and yeah, DNA. It, it was a weird, just convoluted mess. It's well, crazy. Games Workshop is in the process of taking a look at all the stuff they'd written in kind of like the past couple of years and, and yeah. maybe making some changes. So, so far it's been good yeah. what they've changed. Oh, they've done yeah. some, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right now they've really just messing with the timeline, which is awesome. Oh, interesting. What, I haven't heard anything They've about shortened this. like the Indominus Crusade is not over and it's now only been 12 years since it began. Oh, jeez. Doesn't that, doesn't that change okay. everything? Oh, I, okay. It does. My understanding was what they did was they wrote to the end of it and then are now just filling in the details, though. No. Is that not the way it is? Re-going- okay, the article I saw said that they were going to re-release the novels with updated timelines and that they were going to shorten. Sure. Honestly, sure. whether what, like I think it's shitty for them that you have to buy a new book if you want the updated version, but... It's I almost like codexes. Think- <laughs> They're doing no! all books. No! <laughs> you have to buy the book FAQ. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so it's funny cuz it's true. <laughs> you know they'll do it. Yes. That's so funny. Oh my god. Yeah, you just buy like a little book that says turn to page 84, scratch out 200 <laughs> years, put in one year. <laughs> yeah. But it it totally makes sense um and this is kind of derailing, but the, like the fact that primary stuff is still being introduced into the world Instead of it now being 200 years, it's only been 12 years since Primaris was released. And so that's why it's, you know, taking so long for all these yeah. things to come out of production. And that's why there's and... still so many Firstborn kicking above. Exactly, yeah. They're saying there's still so many of the Firstborn, which makes way more sense now. And yeah. so everything is, like, makes way more sense now that they've shortened that timeline. I'm curious what they're going to do next. But... Yeah. Anyways, this is a this is a uh, Phoenix Lord. Yeah, episode. missing Phoenix Lord. So the last one we'll talk about, we've talked about three of the four. Uh, the final one, the missing spider. There is no known Phoenix Lord for the warp spiders. However, some Eldari claim that the legendary Eldari warrior Lycosiadi, uh, known as the Race Spider, a legendary warrior renowned upon Craftworld Kalor, is the Phoenix Lord of the Warp Spiders. However, most other Eldari disagree with this superstition, though. Um, they, they even cite, like, there's some timeline shenanigans, like, oh, he could be here when he's here, you know. But uh, who knows? Maybe he is. Yeah, he's... I mean, like, like any legend of yeah. the Phoenix Lords, like, it has to begin somewhere. Yeah. And, like, I'm... I guess you'll know if you kill him and he comes back. Yeah. So that'll be the <laughs> ultimate test. Yeah. And even if he was like a, like a Phoenix Lord, like how would you go about convincing somebody? You've been gone for like 9,000 years and now you're like, no, I'm the Phoenix Lord. You'd and literally like, just have to die. That, that would be the only yeah. way to fully show. I mean, others, maybe people in your shrine would believe you and sure. like share that you are. Oh, but yeah. how do you really get rid of any doubt or skepticism? Yeah. Like you die and then you see them 800 years later on a different battlefield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So, That's the only way. Yeah. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, the missing spider. Warp spiders Very don't cool. have one. That's another model that could use an update. Warp spiders, how dare you? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that that's all the Phoenix Lords and stuff. Um, there's uh, some strong themes, perfect times to strike, so all that kind of goodness. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's less of it than I thought there would be. Well, that's intentionally we read it, wrote it that way. You know, <laughs> wait, don't let don't lead we, on that yeah. we remove. We now censor that from our show. <laughs> they know the perfect time to strike. <laughs> you know it. We know it. They know it. <laughs> they know that you know that we know. We all know. <laughs> all right. So the. The final thing we're going to talk about on this episode is the Asuriata, which we mentioned first, uh, way back when, and the Ranadandra. Yeah. So the Phoenix Lords are mythical beings, you know. Uh, much about them has been shrouded by time, lost to legend. Um, sometimes thousands of years will pass between sightings of a particular lord. And that's so cool to me, first yeah. of all. like. You, it's been like eight, maybe six thousand years since your like Phoenix Lord has been seen, but you believe that he's alive because yeah. he's a goddamn Phoenix Lord. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, seeing as how important they are to the Eldar survival, there have been many books written about them, but the like the book about the Phoenix Lords is the Asuriata. Yeah. And this is like in-universe book. The yes, book sorry. In universe that has been written. This is written by an Eldar faction. Yeah. Um, so the the Asuriata is an epic Eldar legend of the Phoenix Lords. Uh, recited, it's recited in full once each generation by the mystical order of poets known as the Bards of Twilight. 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 And the story features many important parables and teachings. The Eldar use it um, as a text like guiding principles to inform their day to day activities and military actions. It it kind of day to day activities. Honestly, what would Morgan Ra do? <laughs> yeah, it's like the musings of Morgan Ra, <laughs> yeah. the benevolence of Baharoth, and it's just like sharing their stuff. I just imagine someone following Morgan Ra, and he like shares like you must be willing to sacrifice an exarch to get to your goal. And the scribe is writing it, and he's like, mm, maybe just cross that one out. <laughs> maybe we don't do that. Yeah, maybe we don't. You know how we're one. a dying race, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's like the Mahabharata, or like the Ramayana. Or exactly, like yeah. yeah. It's just a book of teachings from these Phoenix Lords, but it also details their stories. Um, and I'm assuming that a lot of these legends are actually listed in this book. Yeah. Uh, whether or not, you know, you accept them as infallible yeah. fact or as legends change through time is up to you. Yeah. Um, so the Asuriata doesn't just talk about the past, though. It also predicts the future and talks about the Ranadandra, which is like predicts the destruction of the Eldar and the remaining gods. Um, it's essentially their Ragnarok. Yeah. The Ranadandra. Yeah. Uh, it said that the battle will destroy both the materium and the immaterium, the end of everything, really. Which would mean the end of chaos, so which is Eldar's hopefully, goal. hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix Lord Fugin is said to be the one who will call the other Phoenix Lords together for the final battle, and will be the last to die in the fighting. While Phoenix Lord Baharoth will also die his final death. So I'm pretty sure that if the materium and the immaterium disappeared, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just Baharoth will suffer his final death. <laughs> oh, the other okay, Phoenix okay. Lords will yeah, resurrect confusing. in the yeah. blackness of the void. This is myth, right? Yeah. Like, it's legend. Yeah. And who knows? But, <laughs> um, so one of the weird things about this is that Fugin sounds like they're like a leader almost in that case. Like, he's the one that will call them all together. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe... like Because like, he's like the one of like ultimate destruction. Yeah, and... he's the one forging the chain across yeah. the, the galaxy. Yeah. So, hmm. 
Maybe to trap when, the dragon. Does right. it does it say that they're fighting something other than themselves? Maybe they're fight, Maybe he's trying to destroy everything, and everyone else is fighting him. The Ranadandra? No, it's the final battle between Chaos and the Materium, right? Did yeah. I get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. A different take on the Ranadandra resides at the heart of the Black Library. So there's a crystal tome bound with chains of light that rests on an obsidian plinth. As fabled events came to pass, those chains faded one by one until the tome opened shortly before the opening of the Great Rift. Quick side note, a lot of those chains actually disappeared with the Black Crusades. Oh, really? I fucking love the Black That's Crusades, cool. man. Huh. Yeah, honestly, Abaddon... One of the coolest people <laughs> in the entire galaxy. Anyways, um, so revealed within this white tome were writings said to have been written by Segorak himself, telling of a final act that changed utterly the tale of the fall. Instead of the Ranadandra, the final act tells of Segorak's ultimate jest that would trick Slanesh into expending all of their energies to save the Eldar instead of destroying them. How such an event could come to pass remains unclear. Mm. So there's a lot of myth and legends surrounding the Phoenix Lords, yeah. whether it's their origins, whether it's their activities, or even the future. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, that they have mythos. Like, it's it's weird. Like, they're futuristic. Like, they don't have to worry about anything. Like They don't have – it's not like they don't lack ways of writing down information. Yeah. They, they can pads. literally talk to their ancestors still, like people yeah. who would have been there. But, yeah, like the mythos still kind of runs through it all. Yeah, and there's that air of mystery yeah. that, that kind of surrounds it. So I really like things like those two stories we had where – it gives the world a little bit more like it doesn't answer any questions, but it only creates questions. Yes. And they're cool things like that allow you so much room to like, like the world feels so much more real because in real life, you don't know all the answers to all the questions. You don't know all the lore bits. Like they don't yeah. need to go back and make, uh, they, they make the, the solo movie to like <laughs> fill in the blanks. But in real life, there is no filling in the blanks. You yeah. don't know all the answers. Right. And that when they do things like this in the lore, where it's like, oh, maybe at the end, yeah. this will go this way. Maybe it'll go that way. And you'll never know. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. But it's always cool. It's like, oh, maybe I prefer to think it'll happen this way. And you can, I don't know. That's so I much better. That's good story. That's good universe building. Yeah. When Absolutely. they do stuff like that. It, it's yeah. good setting building. Yes. Right. It helps. It's make... good sandbox building. That's right. Good Minecraft building. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree. It yeah. only serves to flesh out. It it leaves yeah. things unanswered so you can fill in your own things, right? So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um Yeah, good times. So Anything else about Phoenix Lords? There's a couple things I want to do. Okay. I really like Martin Raz, like uh his craft world that comes out. That'd be so cool to do an army for. Yeah. Whether you like paint them so they're like actually like ghost looking, like think like how you paint uh like the Lord of the Rings Army of the Dead, like that eerie green. Mm. Yeah, you just like do white and then get like that, that right. wash on them. Yeah. yeah you know what would be a cool way of doing that is to like is if you cast the army. And, like recast it and then use like a clear plastic. Ooh, yeah. Mm. That might be cool too oh, if you did something boy. like that. And then you wouldn't even have to paint. Well, you still wash it in that green <laughs> so that there's like deep recesses uh, of green yeah. in this and it still like pops oh. the shadow. It could be so cool. Yeah. Um, do we want to go around the table and say who who's your favorite uh, Phoenix Lord? Do you have a favorite Rio? Um, hmm. Just let's look at yeah. Let me, even. let me go boop, back boop, and look at boop, it. Boop, 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 boop. Calandros. 
I love his like his long uh, face mask earlets. Yeah, it's like very long. Everyone else's kind of just has that mouthpiece. I mean, honestly, Jane Zara I think is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her backstory is cool. Backstory is cool. The model's cool. Yeah, her like her weapons are so interesting. How she would fight would be so interesting. Yeah, she she was literally raised as a gladiator. Like so cool. Yeah. I like Fugan, but just because I, I have, a like, a dragon fetish, you know. So. You like Vulcan. Yeah. There's yeah, that yeah. fire theme. Yeah, I ha- on my suit of armor, I have a dragon painted. It just, yeah. uh, I like Fugan, too. I like how he just feels so, like, solid. Sure. You know, everything about him. So yeah. That one's cool, too. Fearless. James, do you have a favorite? Here's the thing. I actually, <laughs> I actually like a lot. just asked you who your I just, favorite was. I just like, a, I actually like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I like Fuegan. I like the. Fuegan. <laughs> Fuegan. I'm, I, I'll bet you anything that that's probably intentional. I think that's. I don't know. Fuegan is fire. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Games Workshop is not known for doing weird wordplay. Like <laughs> anyway, I like him. I like the uh what was the striking scorpion guy? Carandris. Yeah, I really like him. Jane Zara is really cool as well. I think there's some flops in there too. Like I think uh I think what's the main guy? His a sermon? Kinda, yeah, yeah, he's kind of dull. Yeah. He is dull. And I, even like, I his, agree with that. The art isn't really like he's cool, but he's just kind of flat. He's just yeah. the He's like the generic embodiment. He's the Gilliman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's what everyone should be. And then he's like the most, what am I trying to say? The he's the middle of the road Yeah, one. he's the ideal. Yeah. He's like the, the all-rounder. Exactly, yes. Yeah. The all-rounder. Jack of all trades. Master of none. Yes. Master of all, actually, still. Sorry. Yeah, master still of all, <laughs> but not as master as all the other Phoenix Lords. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say, actually, I wish, I'm, I'm ex- I'd be excited if they were to like dive into Phoenix Lords more because I think yeah. there's a little bit more creativity. They're not all known. You can make up ones. They don't necess- it's not like Primarx where there's a set number. You could have a new one pop up out Absolutely. of nowhere. I would like to see more actually. That'd yeah, be really so I, I really like a good chunk of them. I think the Shining Spears guy is a little bit yeah. dull as well. I think that if someone gave him some attention as with almost yeah. all of these things well that's sure. the thing i'm sure none of these guys have lore has changed in the last 25 years except that's, for jane czar yeah so and all of them at the very end that right where now they're jane with jane czar <laughs> either way i i i really like a good chunk now i'd nice. say about half of them are really solid cool like things i'd want to get yeah. the model for like yeah. obviously jane czar i would want that model it's super cool i'd love to paint that and so they're like if they gave new models, I'd probably get them just for fun, just because I like. Well, you're the perfect consumer. Yep. Yeah. A good little. I'm not. Boy. I'm not gonna buy Ass Man, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably buy some of the other ones if they came up with new models. I actually uh, built a list, maybe like a year and a half ago now, uh, when I was debating doing an Eldar army, yeah. and it o- and a story, and it only revolved around Maugen Ra. Yeah. And uh, Dark Reapers, and it was about this story of, of and the meta, 
and chasing that. In all truth, I had no idea about the med. I did it! (laughs) So I built this list, and I I sent it to Mark, and it was just, like, full of dark reapers and, like, tanks. And Mark's like, that's, like, a really good list. And I was like, is it, though? Like, first of all, it's me. Yeah, I sent it to James and Nathan, and they're like, that's a dirty list. (laughs) But, yeah, the story was just around this... I love the the idea of him just watching his world slowly burn and like what that did to him and so now the story was that he just goes to these places where their world is burning and he's like I've been here before like you know what it's going to burn but let's do as much damage on the way out as possible <laughs> yeah. so I, I really like that aspect and But Megan Ra we can't revive like you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't worry. We've got this. <laughs> He's dying over and over again. You just get, people just keep getting sucked into his armor <laughs> yeah. as they as he dies. He keeps running into the middle of the battle. <laughs> With his scythe. Stop! They're stop! Like, you have this weapon. Shoot it. He's like, execution. <laughs> I am the reaper. I'm I am the reaper. Skulls. <laughs> Skulls. Yeah. I like Maugen He's my he's my boy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. <sighs> Phoenix Hoys. That's cool. Nice. Well, I hope you guys. First of all, thank you for joining us, yeah, uh, yeah. James Rio. That I was hope, a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys uh, learn some things, and and I hope you listeners learn mm-hmm. some things and share our love of all things Xenos. Yeah. Um, if you got your own aspect shrine that you've been mm. working on, send it to us. Let us know. Do you have a Phoenix Lord? How would you do a Phoenix Lord? Send us a message. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, before we actually log off and say sayonara, though, we are going to take a moment to thank all of our new Patreon uh, Imperial Tithe members because it's been a minute and we actually have a lot of new people. So first off, thank you to Jake, Logan, Naked, naked homeless guy who yelled at you. Vorotillion. Mm-hmm. Franz Ferdinand. Uh-huh. Micah. He's back. <laughs> ben. Wait, he was never actually <laughs> Uh Ben. Ty. Greg. Bradley. Kevin. Ben. Cultist of Saul. Alex. Michael. Nathan. Surgeon Parade. Hugh. What? some of these names mean i don't know surgeon parade why <laughs> you know what surgeon parade you should message mark i need an answer tell him why you <laughs> named yourself surgeon parade uh hugh james richard aaron frederico <laughs> hayden yen griffin eric elijah tim tankor jason Captain Vampire. I think actually it's Captain Vampire. <laughs> Captain yeah. Vampire. Yeah. yeah, he's a superhero. So <laughs> give him the respect it's due, please. Taylor, Cameron, Lorgar, Lorgar Aurelian. The only good thing he's ever done. Donated to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Matthew, uh, Simon, Clone, Royale, Taco, Isaac, Keith, Glenn. Wow. wow. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Honestly, you thank you so much. That's so cool. much for contributing and supporting the show. Yeah. Um, we, we put your money to use. Paying James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. 
James yeah. needs a highly skilled legal team at all times. <laughs> I do. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have a retainer just yeah. for James. The amount of trouble I get in. I have HR. Like, HR has me on speed dial. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> James, either you did it or you know who did it. Well, I'm not even going to lie. Legitimately at work. Every HR problem that's happened since I've been there has involved me somehow. (laughs) (laughs) James, you're a model employee. (laughs) To be fair, that's not a lot, but I've been there. I've been around them. You You have an instant increase on any other person there. So yeah, well, okay. To be fair, it's me and this other guy I've been involved, but like I've been around most of them. So (laughs) maybe if you just wore proper pants. When you had your work meetings, James, this wouldn't be an issue. That wouldn't. It's normally not a problem. I just point the camera up. But when you went up and got a glass of water that one time. Yeah, buck naked. Joys and dangers from working at home. (laughs) Um, Well, let's give this episode a big old farewell. And a round of applause, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quite. Oh, yes, indeed. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) See ya. Hello, bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.